I'm Jordan. And I'm Donnie. And this is a podcast about the stuff in our New York City apartment. How we find it. Where we put it. And why we're into it. Welcome to Apartment 26. This week we're talking about Queer Eye, mostly because we're in the middle of a rewatch, or I'm in the middle of a rewatch, because I've watched every episode of Queer Eye twice now, I think. (laughs) like the Japan ones. Like, all TV, I was watching this, and I was like, oh my god, this is so good, and Donnie was like, that doesn't sound like it's for me, and then all of a sudden he sees one of them accidentally when I'm watching it, and is like, oh, actually, this is great. Yeah, to be fair. Well, not to be fair. To clarify, I didn't think it would be for me, mainly because I do not like reality television. I'm going to go on record and say this because it's my truth. I watched Queer Eye, the first season of the new series, the week it came out. Mm-hmm. I watched it all at once. Mm-hmm. I bawled, mm-hmm. like, uncontrollably. You weren't here. No. I always watch it when you're not here. That's so true. I was, like, sobbing. And I went to work, and I was like, guys... This is the best. And everyone was like, what in God's name are you talking about? That sounds really dumb. And then two weeks later, the whole fucking internet was like, this is the best show ever. So I'm not saying I discovered Queer Eye, but I am saying I discovered Queer Eye. Mm. Uh, That's all. Yeah. (laughs) But yes, a lot of people shared your opinion that like the first one was pretty campy and kind of shit on the guys who it was trying to help. Yeah. Um, and that, that's not your vibe of show. Yeah. I remember that being the thing. Um, until when you told me the new one was good, I was like, I don't know. No, I believe that. Um, <laughs> to clarify, the first one was good, too, for its time, but, like, 2019 was not the time for original Queer Eye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I let it pass for a while. And then I guess, yeah, when the second season came out, you must have been watching one, and I think I sat down and watched with you. Maybe even the third. Oh, yeah, there's four and a half of them out now, huh? Yeah. Yeah, maybe it was the third then. I think it was the third, because then we had two back seasons. Yeah, and then we blasted through them so that you could see all of them. Yeah. But the Japan one just came out, so we watched that, and now we're catching up on season four, which I watched while you were hiking. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of had a vision for this episode of being all about, like, Bobby and design, but ah. you put some things on here that are not that, so I figured we can, like, talk about those at the front. I did. And then kind of shift into the design portion. I mean, I have a lot of hot takes about Queer Eye, but I just feel like our lane is, like, the design stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah, we can can say the lane. I just put, um... No, I think we should talk about these, though. (laughs) Because, well, I think we talk about Queer Eye a lot, and, like, I personally think it's not a show about gay men helping straight men so much as it is a show about people who have had separate journeys to self-esteem, like, coming in and helping people find self-esteem. Wow. And that... It's pretty good. (laughs) And that can be a lot of ways, but, like... As we've discussed amongst ourselves, there are some, like, good tips that are just so simple and so much about, like, 
finding self-esteem. So let's let's talk about them. Let's cool. talk about your fave tips. My fave tips thus far. I like really actionable things um, because sometimes it's hard for me to remember things. <laughs> <laughs> I've been learning things via YouTube, for example. I probably like up the people's viewer rates by 10 or 20 views. Um, <laughs> so I really like uh, the French tuck via tan and old fashioned advice. Um, I like it because in my work, I wear a lot of t-shirts or like dressy-ish long sleeve shirts, not always button downs, um, just cause I'm doing a lot of really active stuff. The workshops I do are all like movement and sensory based and by sensory, I mean really messy shit most of the time. Um, so I have some nice shirts depending on the setting or what exactly I'm doing for the most part. I'm like weighing and teaching in pretty casual wear. So I like that the French tuck is like an easy way to make yourself look a little more put together, even if you're just in a t-shirt, you know? Um, that's a good one. I heard Tan on a um, podcast once. I've listened to all the podcasts Tan's been on. I love him so much. His last name is France. And so I guess after the first season, he was getting a ton of questions as to whether he like coined the term Uh, French tuck and named it after himself. I like that. And he was like, no, the French tuck is a thing that exists. And like he'd been doing for a long time. It just so happens that his husband's last name is France. So his last name is France. And um, I guess he had been doing it on set over and over. And people were like, what are we going to call that? And so PA had to Google it and find out that it was called the French tuck. That's really funny. (laughs) And I wish that he... Could you imagine? I respect him not taking credit for it. But it's very funny. Um, The second easy tip I like is one from Jonathan, which is about gelling from the back. Your hair. Yes, your hair from the back. Um, Do you do that now? I do, yeah. Wow. Yeah. I didn't know that. Makes a big difference. I was really around the time I started watching Queer Eye, and part of what pulled me into it was about the time I started really messing with my own hair and experimenting with different looks and different cuts. You feel like you're a straight man who's been elevated by Queer Eye? A bit more adventurous. Uh, In some ways, probably, yeah. I mean, these two tips have definitely altered my my, fashion. So yeah, I guess I I am. Uh, But yeah, the overall message of, like, Dressing and presenting yourself to impress yourself rather than to impress other people, I think is also a nice one to think about and to hear and to see play out. Like what Jordan said, that idea of these people having journeys to confidence and self-confidence and trying to impart that to others. This is one, I think in the Japan series, it said about verbatim that. I think that's why I wrote it down because I was (laughs) like, oh, that's a cool thing. Um, But it, it really sticks with me you know i think yeah i like that this this series very much is focused on the people themselves it's not about like dressing so that society doesn't think you're a slob it's about like dressing because dressing well and feeling confident in the way you look like makes you carry yourself differently and makes you happy you know to feel that you look good yeah agreed um and i can say that like getting a good haircut is one of my like top things for like <laughs> my own look. I got so many Groupon haircuts when I moved to New York City and had no money mm. and like they were fine. I looked fine, but when I started 
like when I found someone who I liked cutting my hair and I started getting those haircuts, it just suddenly became like so much easier to have the haircut be part of my look and have it be like a confidence giving thing. Yeah. That's cool. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's it. I figured I'd put these in our notes to talk about for like yeah. quick fodder. I didn't even mean for it to be a whole introduction, but <laughs> now that it is. Well, I put them there because I, my vision for this episode was like that, but just Bobby shit. Mm. Um, I mean, there are those memes that go around that's like tan buys guy three shirts, Bobby renovates whole house, Yeah, yeah. you know? Um, so I wanted to like give Bobby his due but also, I don't even really want to talk about Bobby's, like, design so much. Mm. I mean, Bobby loves West Elm. I love West Elm. <laughs> so we have that in common. Um, I wouldn't always make all of Bobby's choices in my own home, but obviously he's designing for other people and other people's needs. Right. But Has he ever revealed pictures of his home? Like, his own home? Actually, he just bought a house in L.A., and I think there was some content around that. Um, I was wondering. I mean, not that, like, now they're pretty much celebrity status, and it'd be a little invasive, maybe, to reveal that, but it'd be curious to see his own design choices rather than ones that he does to appeal to the clients that we get to see on television, yeah. He also has a whole website now, like, he's doing a big self-branding thing uh, in the wake of Queer Eye, so I don't know if his house is on his website in the way some designers are, but I know that he is building a lot of content there as well. And I mean, this is his style. Like yeah. mid-century is very much his style and like neutrals and stuff like that. So I don't think he's being inauthentic, but... No, I don't think so either. You know. Um, but, but I think in your personal space, you make different choices than you would to true. try to appeal to someone who you know for a week, you know. Or yeah. even with his clients who he works with maybe more intimately, you know. Yeah. Just be curious to see, like, what kind of art does he hang? <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> like the things we talk about. You, you know? don't think his actual home is also sponsored by Art.com? I might be. <laughs> uh, but what I really like about Bobby is the way he talks about home and the way that he brings home into this idea of, like, self-confidence and self-respect. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think that it's easy to kind of say that all of this stuff is a little bit frivolous, right? Like Mm. I picked expensive towels that I thought looked nice and we were kind of afraid they weren't going to dry us enough. Like that's a little (laughs) bit of a frivolous choice to have made, but I think that Bobby makes a really good argument in a lot of ways for this being really fundamental to your being and creating your home is a worthwhile endeavor for your self-esteem. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of like jotted down some things he was saying over the course of the past episodes that we were watching because they really resonated with me in a way that I think we approach mm-hmm. this. Um, like he said, be happy where you are now with the idea that like if you're in a rented space or you're in a temporary space or you think perhaps like the job you have now might transfer you somewhere else and you're not going to be living here for a long time, whatever it is, that that doesn't mean you shouldn't enjoy your living space while you're living in it. And I think that that's something really relevant, especially to people who live here and people who live in apartments and people who live in rented accommodations that like... People who paint their rented accommodations. I mean, yeah, we held off on painting for a really long time because 
we didn't know how long we were going to be here and we didn't want to paint it back. And I think that as soon as we painted, we really felt like, oh, this is where we live. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. I kind of in some ways regret that decision. I mean, I don't because I think at that time we made a lot of good decisions and we might not have gotten there at a different time. But um, I think like to take seriously that you live in this place now and you should like it now and that means that you should put some effort into it now is a good lesson Hmm. yeah and bobby uses a lot of removable wallpaper and (laughs) (laughs) i'm not saying that i'm trying to get you to like the removable wallpaper but right now we're at a bit of a standstill with me wanting some (laughs) and donnie not wanting some well you know you just gotta make your space work for you I'm trying to. <laughs> uh, I like that. I like his sentiments with that as well. I think uh, we just saw. Well, that's a good one that we just saw to reference. The last one we just watched, not so much. Well, one of the the maker space work for you. Yeah. I think this came from that episode in Japan where the guy was like producing music in his kitchen uh, and Bobby yeah, yeah, had to yeah. come in and be like we're not doing this yeah um or int- the uh sorry the there's the the lady the latino arts festival oh and yeah she was like running her nonprofit in a home office that was also like maybe a kid's room or something was off with it like you she was running a whole nonprofit she was trying to get mass funding for but didn't have any kind of space for it actually yeah And I think, I mean, we talk about this too, right? We talk about, like, you having your office in one corner of the living room. We talk about leaving a space so that we can work out in the mornings. Like, I think his thing is there are not designated spaces that need to be anything. Like, your home should be working for you and reflecting what you want to be doing in your home. And so you should create your spaces that way. You should curate things to help you with that. Mm-hmm. so yeah I also liked about the Japan uh, episodes that he was working in really small spaces mm-hmm. and I honestly like we watched him build like four tiny houses essentially <laughs> and True. he had some like good ideas in those and I really liked seeing that um, it must be like stressful for him to renovate whole homes and it must also be stressful for him to do all of these space saving solutions but I thought that doing the space saving solutions was really cool and we saw some really good stuff so would recommend the japan episodes for that if you want to see bobby kind of like come out of his shell i don't know if they have west elm in japan he might have had to (laughs) rely on something else yeah yeah the one with the the two sisters shared was cool that was the most like tiny housey one because they had the loft bed and he had the the uh, drawers and the stairs. Yeah. yeah, that was cool. Yeah, it was a lot of good stuff. But even the musician one was cool. They had the folding workstation. We're giving a lot of spoilers here also. Probably should have <laughs> should have prefaced with that rather than my hair gelling pickup tips. Uh, I'll put that in the episode description and online so that people <laughs> can know they don't get spoilers. But that was cool. I, I, I think the uh, the folding workspace idea yeah. is a good one. The love seat, too, that folded out for that kid. Yeah, and there's a lot of good like spatial stuff going on that season, like you said. Yeah, mm-hmm. I liked that because sometimes he's it. I would say most often he's in like single family homes, mm-hmm. and often 
those spaces are bigger than ours and so it's kind of hard to see like what I would steal from his ideas there um, not that he doesn't have good ideas in larger spaces but I was very impressed with his work in the small spaces yeah and the removable wallpaper <laughs> mm. one of his others was just like make it look like you live here which I liked as well because you see some people on Queer Eye who just like have no things and that's weird mm-hmm. um but you see some people also who have just kind of like purchased furniture and none of it reflects who they are and i like the idea that he comes in even as someone who has to decorate a house for someone they've known for like a week or like get some sort of like questionnaire filled out or something so right. he it's not like super personal but he always tries really hard to include personal moments and to take what the people have given him and like reflect it in their space. And I think that's super nice as well, because in a lot of home makeover shows, you kind of see just like the magazine version of what that space could be. Right. And I don't get that feeling about Bobby's spaces. You know, he is really like listening to people and trying to give them what they want. Yeah. There's a good, like, uh, storytelling through design element to it that I think comes through. And I think that's the self-esteem bit as well, right? Like, who are you and what do you want in your house? And that you are worthy of your house reflecting who you are, Hmm. you know? Yeah, I like that, rather than worrying about what message your house sends. Right. Yeah, I think this harkens back to, like, why I like the Thanksgiving episode. In all these shows, there's, there's always, uh, like, not these queer art shows, the, like, makeover shows and stuff. So there's this idea that, like, so many people are going to be coming to your house all the time. <laughs> yeah. Like, even if you're a very social person, like, unless you're running a hostel, you're not going to have <laughs> people there every day of the week. And, like, the people who come over to your space, like, should be people who are chill with your style. And if they're not, then, I don't know, too bad, so sad. Um, so I think that is a pretty adept point that a lot of these shows, well, yeah, the magazine version, but then a lot of people's homes, they're like, oh, I I live this way. So my home should be like this, you know? And then a designer like Bobby comes in and is like, oh, what is your style? What's your aesthetic? That's an important thing for a lot of people, I think. Can we buy it at West Elm? Yeah, can we buy it? <laughs> what is your style? Is it at West Elm? Can we find you art you like on art.com? I yep. guess I assume West Elm is a sponsor, but I think also he just shops there a lot, you know? Yeah, I think it is. There was their boxes out. Yeah. Art.com, Wayfair, they have a bunch of boxes mm-hmm. from them too. He said something really interesting when he was talking to someone trying to get a feel for their style. And it was, what makes you happy and inspired? Hmm. And I liked that a lot because I think, yeah, we get this idea from a lot of media that you should be decorating your home so that it looks quote unquote nice, Mm -hmm. that you should be making like presentable, right? Like, or welcoming, but who who are you welcoming (laughs) if not yourself? I think I'm turning you into me where we just like, don't want anyone in our apartment. (laughs) Uh, That's not true. I don't think, I mean, I grew up in a house where my grandparents bought green shag rug so like <laughs> i come from a family that doesn't seem to give a fuck about like <laughs> that was very in when they bought that rug <laughs> yeah um. i mean i'm sure it was but i'm sure it was also like a statement you know uh 
And so, I don't know, I, I've always kind of felt this way, I think, like, I like people, I like coming people, I like coming people over, is what I was going to say, <laughs> I like, which is a weird thing to say out loud, and I'm sorry that I did, I like having people over, you know, but, like, like you live here, you know, this, this should be your space, having, having guests is one thing, but, like, having your space is important in your home. Yeah. I think, like, this is something I think about when I think about painting the bedroom black and just being, like, I knew that would make me happy, you know? Mm-hmm. And Bobby loves a dark paint color, I will say. He does not shy away from the dark paint color when necessary, so I respect that about him. But I thought the idea of your house inspiring you was really interesting because I think I feel that way sometimes. It had never thought about it in those terms. Yeah. You know, I feel very comfortable when I come home and I feel much more open to inspiration at home than like when I'm riding the subway necessarily, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I would help. <laughs> but I think that's a nice entry point for people who feel uncomfortable making decisions or don't necessarily know where to start. Like what a cool question to base your design on. Like what makes you feel inspired? Yeah. Well, it's like that thing we've talked about at other moments in the podcast where it's like, what, like, should I buy this pot with boobs on it? I don't know. And then it's like, <laughs> wait, I get to make this decision and I want this pot with boobs on it. Yeah. I also, I mean, I think I DIY a lot because I get like really inspired by certain ideas and then having those things around is really exciting and makes me happy because it's like, oh, I made that, you know, that was like a thing that came out of my brain. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, that's kind of like a little self-confidence boost. Like, oh yeah, I made that. Like we did paint that trunk and we did, well, I didn't do anything with the chair, but you... <laughs> And you mom made this chair that I'm sitting on, you know, and those are cool things. And you'll notice actually that sometimes Bobby will like get people involved in projects kind of for that reason. Mm-hmm. Like there'll be heartfelt building scenes um, so that people can have that like connection to their home. And I think that's cool as well. Mm-hmm. We actually, in the episode we just watched before uh, recording this podcast episode, this guy walked into his house after Bobby had designed it and he was like I feel so motivated now Mm. and I thought that was really interesting as well you know I feel like obviously the show is about these sorts of emotions and so they get cut together in this way but we don't really talk about decor or home in terms of like inspiration and motivation I think those are like emotions that don't necessarily get correlated in the zeitgeist yeah i think like you're supposed to go find that out in the world you know but i think i identify most with like finding those things at home Mm. having curated my home to be a place where like my brain can be very vulnerable and like malleable and open you're really digging deep Yeah. yeah I mean, Queer Eye gets me, like, right in the soul, you know? By the time you watch them with me, I'm, like, kind of over it. I don't usually cry on the second watch of a Queer Eye episode, but, like, most first watches, for sure. (laughs) Uh, But, yeah, I think, like, that's what they're trying to access in me, so it is coming out, because it is a well-produced show as well. 
Yeah. No, They're I, manipulating your emotions yeah. for sure. <laughs> and they get me every time. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it's like nice to wake up in the morning and be like, oh, I like living here. This is so nice. I want to make my bed because my bed is so nice. Mm-hmm. Like, you know. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, it is, the bed's a good example too. It's like, it would be easy to leave it. But we have so many cool pillows. You got the cool top covered blanket. What Duvet. Duvet, that's the word. <laughs> um, and when it's put together, it looks like really, really good. Especially like when we get good light through here. It's wild sometimes. <laughs> um, that's why the bedroom pictures are our best picture. <laughs> yeah. All photos are actually done. No. But a majority of them are done in the bedroom, yes. Um yeah, so I feel like that's a good example. Or, like, my desk, as much as it is go. floppy. Like, when it gets out of control, I feel out of control. Wow, that was a very, like, queer eye. I <laughs> right now. Now it's happening to me. <laughs> it is contagious. Ah! <laughs> um, so, you know, like, I, I take... Sometimes I just build it into work days if things are too messy, if I have too many books and papers and things going on where I just clean up and clean out my space and, like, reorganize and get it back to a better, like, workstation format for me, you know? And I think while aesthetically my desk might not be the most pleasing in terms of things that make us happy, (laughs) by which I mean me happy... (laughs) Uh, my desk and all the silly stickers and everything involved with it does make me happy. And it's a place where I really like to go and work. You know, it's where I feel motivated. So keeping that space nice is nice for me. If I was just working on like, I don't know, a coffee table, or if I went and had like a we work space where I worked all the time, you know, I don't know that I would feel the same about that desk. If that desk was here for like, like for us to print things at home and do whatever random shit we needed to, you know, or just for my computer to live on, it might not have the same meaning as like, oh, this is a space where I've like written things I really like and where now I work and where now my business takes place. Um, yeah, sort of lost my, my thread there, but. Yeah, I just think it's nice that he talks about home in this way because it's, I think, counter to. I don't know. I think maybe I tend to follow influencers who talk about it in this way because I think about it in this way, but I think that they're, it's easy to believe that this is all just kind of like frilly shit. Hmm. In the same way people perceive fashion as frilly shit or like makeup as frilly shit or whatever, you know, that there are surface aspects to it, but then there's something deeper and it's in accessing the something deeper that you really find the meaning of it. Thanks for listening to this episode of Apartment 26. For more info on the stuff we talk about on this episode, check out the show notes linked below. And follow us on Instagram at apt26podcast. See you next time.